Welcome to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Um, today, I'm going to be talking to my friend, Jen, and I'll share the information about her a little in a little moment. But this conversation today came up because I was having a rough time and just like you are. And I know that so much of what we experience when we're in pain, when our heart hurts, when um, we have tears in our eyes all the time, um, it's, you know, it's a deeper wound in us that has shown back up and it has shown up because there's some kind of a learning that we haven't quite done yet. And, you know, for me, it really helped to talk it out with her today. It's what helps my clients when they talk things out with me. And I'm really hoping that you will join our conversation today and hear some of the questions that we say out loud to each other and ask each other and throw out there to you you know, grab a pen and paper and write them down so that we can um, maybe help you get some of that learning as well. Because what I want you to know is that the healing lies within you, your healing, your healed heart, your feelings. You can do this for yourself. In fact, you're the only one who really can. No one else owns that control over you um, unless you let them. And if you let them, unfortunately, they will never do that for you. So let's do this work together today. So let's have this really personal conversation. And also, um, before I go or before we jump in, I want to invite you to my retreat. I'll be talking more about it at the end, but I'm running a women's retreat here in my home, June 16th to 18th. And you are invited because this is where we do this work together. I call it the Rising Moon Sisters Retreat because so much of the work that I, I do with myself and my clients is kind of following the learning around the moon, um, the cycle of the moon. Um, it's just another way to find something to focus on and, and to find that guidance that kind of pushes us forward and takes one step after the other. It's just a beautiful way to become aware of what you need and you know to heal, to feel better and to get in touch with yourself. Plus the feminine energy of the moon and of course of women gathering is so powerful and beautiful and loving and healing. And that sacred container will be open here um, June 16th to 18th. And I would love for you to join us. Uh, there's still a couple of spots available. So make sure you check the show notes at the end and um, see if this is something that you can make work for you. So let's jump in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here we talk about how to heal, move forward and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried, and a stepmom to three, so we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. 
Welcome to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce and welcome to you, Jen. This is the first time I have you on here as a guest and I'm really excited about our conversation today. We have some really good stuff to talk about. Um, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's so happy to be here. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. So Jen and I, I actually called her this morning while I was on a walk because I was upset. I was in my feelings and I know that Jen thinks spiritually about a lot of the things that I think about um, and the way I talk to all of you here and so I thought I'd reach out to her to get that I don't know I just needed to talk to someone who understands how I feel right so that's why I reached out to her and we had such a great conversation that we decided that we needed to do this with all of you so first let me just um, read you Jen's bio I want you to know a little bit more about her Um, she's a fairly new friend for me but I know I've met a sister here so Jen Kudo um, has been in the fitness industry for over eight years and has recently come back from Rishikesh, India with 500 hours of yoga teacher training. Her aim is to help women through the barriers that have led us to believe we are limited. Her belief is that through developing a spiritual practice and being mindful of personal well-being through movement and nutrition, we can have the joyful life of vitality and energy we all desire. Is anybody wondering why she's my friend at this point, right? Like, like I have never talked about any of those things before. So it, it's really fun to have someone who's so aligned with what I do here. Mm. So, um, and one of these days, you know what? I'd love to have a, a bigger conversation with you about Rishikesh. But today, mm-hmm. so today I phoned Jen because I um, have, to, I'm trying to make this like a briefer story, but basically... I have a relationship with my four sons that is all different. They're all adults. And of course, every single one of them, I have a different relationship, but this is about one of them. Um, And we've kind of struggled over the last several years. And, and every now and then it creeps up on me. Like I become aware of how little I see him and how little contact we have and how little, um, how, how we're just really not in each other's lives right now. We're not fighting. There's nothing bad going on, but for some reason, um, and for some reason, being one of those, like, there is a reason. Uh, it has been the pain of the distance between us has been really present with me in the last just few days, maybe close to a week. Um, and I don't really know why. There's been no triggering event that's caused this, but it's come, it's just really come flooding at me. So to the point where I'm thinking about it at night. Um, I'm thinking about it when I wake up in the morning, I'm hurting, I'm at the virtual tears sometimes, I was when I talked to you this morning, Jen, and because of what I know now, I also know that there's a reason this keeps coming back, especially when there isn't a triggering event, it keeps coming back, and as much as I said, I don't know why, I do know why, because there's a lesson here that I haven't learned yet, and it's the pain is literally coming back to say to me, you haven't learned your lesson yet. Like, and, and by that, I don't mean I've done something wrong and there's a lesson to be learned. It's like, there's a learning that's supposed to come from this experience that I haven't grasped yet. And I was trying to today with Jen, and I think we were at least able to scratch the surface of it. Um, Mm. So that's what we want to share with you today. And I, I know this is about my relationship with my son, but it really spills over to everything I try to work with all of my clients on as they're going through separation and divorce. It's about relationships in general. And I know Jen has been through her share of stuff. 
as we all have, like who gets to our stage in life and haven't experienced some kind of heartache for some reason, right? So anyway, that's where we started today, Jen. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I, I one of the things that you said um, when I was like, what do we call this episode was to step away from your feelings, to kind of step out of your feelings. And I'd love for you to just expand on what that means, because I think when you first hear it, to step away from your feelings, what does that even mean? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So sorry, you're seeing my partner there in the background. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> But so I'll, I'll first start with some relatability to this. I think we're able to have such a great conversation about this because I have three children and uh, for myself, you know, the path hasn't been great in my relationship with my kids. Not that it's been bad. It's that there's been a lot of heartache as I was going through a lot of heartache in my own personal life. It certainly inflicted heartache on my children. And then of course that bled into you know, the context or the dynamics of our relationship. And so I've really had to learn for myself, like, you know, on this road to recovery and repair, now that they're older and time has literally been lost, they're not children anymore, you know, they're 20, 19, 17, mm -hmm. um, turning 21. Um, you know, I need to make sure that I am not inflicting my own shame and guilt and heartache onto them. Um, you know, for whatever comes up for us as we move through this. And so one of the practices that has really worked for me is one, you know, in going to India and really learning what yoga is, a big element of yoga is detachment. And so the detachment piece is very difficult to decipher in the beginning, because it's like, well, if I'm supposed to detach from this thing, like, does that mean I'm supposed to care less? you know, and then what does that make me as a person? And then are people perceiving that I care less, right? So it's a very difficult road to navigate. And I think I'm still trying to better understand it. But at the stage that I'm at right now, I think what I've come to understand is that um, this, this love that we are cultivating in this journey of spirituality is what we've identified as unconditional, right? Yes. Meaning there's no transaction that is required in order for me to love my plants or love my dog or love my children or my partner, right? If I really understand what love is and I kind of associate that with, you know, God energy, like he's just always there. It doesn't matter what we do. We always have a table to come back to, you know, we're never turned away based mm -hmm. on our wrongdoings and our mistakes. So I think- this is what I'm I'm always trying to work towards um, as I move through this being caught up in my feelings. You know, what is unconditional love and how can I do my best to embody that as time goes on and as different experiences come up? Yeah, I, you know, the word unconditional love, I think is is one that or the term or the concept even is something that we, I think we'd all like to think that we do in all our relationships, but we don't. Yeah. I think when it comes to our children, I think that's the relationship where we get to experience what it truly is because we do love our children unconditionally. And just to define it by, I guess, how I would think of unconditional love is that, like you said, there's no transaction. I expect nothing in return. I love them beyond anything. I only want good things for them and I expect nothing in return. However, However, this is where it gets sticky because do we truly expect nothing? Well, we don't for many years when they're really young. 
But the problem I'm running into as they're getting older is, of course, I expect to be called and visited. And I have this expectation that there's a certain level of involvement in their life, or at least that's my expectation, which doesn't necessarily align with their expectations, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where we get into the transaction. And that's where we get into the ego. And then that's where we start getting hurt is when we when we step away ever so slightly from it's okay exactly the way it is and this is you doing you and this is me doing me and maybe that's not exactly how I want it to be but that's okay yeah but we step into the place of what am I doing wrong and why isn't you know this happening or that happening doesn't mean I did something wrong as a parent ego 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 right that's that's about now it's about me and it's not about loving him unconditionally or your partner or whoever, because now you're making it about fulfilling an expectation. Yours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to the point where we even will compare ourselves to others. Well, like my friend's kids call more often or visit more often. Right. And so now I'm measuring my relationship with him based on what I see other people doing. Mm. And then it's a very slippery slope. And I, what I was really, you know, reaching out to you today to help me with is trying to understand um, how do we step back and away from our feelings? Because our feelings really feed the ego, I would say. Feelings feed the ego. Like if we feel rejected or neglected or abandoned or any of those things, it's an old wound that comes back to the surface, which is why I was so upset. It's not even the wound that's necessarily attached to him. It's just that he happens to be the trigger of it right now. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it's it's really the, I guess, I, I don't know. What am I trying to say? It's it's when we step into those feelings and feel abandoned and rejected We through our ego, those, those feelings. It's like now suddenly maybe I'm angry with him or impatient with him. I haven't even had a conversation with him about this, right? But we uh -huh. still jump into those feelings. Yes. And create stories, create stories. Oh yes. Yeah. We create stories. And I, and then I, I found myself thinking about everybody that I serve, all of you listeners, um, you know, who are going through such a difficult time because a very important relationship has ended or is ending or could end, um, is broken in some way. And we all claim that we're heartbroken and we loved so deeply and unconditionally, but how much of what we're thinking and feeling is really based just on ego and expectations? And how do we create that distance? Yeah. Jen, how do we do that? <laughs> the story that manifests from the feelings. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, like mm. I was thinking to myself today, like if my friends were going through separation or divorce, one of the things I would ask them first is like, okay, this is happening for a reason. And yes, it takes two, but let's just talk about you. Like, what are you being freed from right now? What were you not receiving in this relationship that has brought it to an end? And then we need to celebrate that because if not, then we go into this narrative of I wasn't enough for this person. And then this person couldn't do this for me because I didn't do this for them. And we just go back and forth with a story that we cultivate through the feelings. 
So uh, this is kind of the magic of like the meditation and, you know, breath work is that we open up this different part of our brain to allow for new imprints to come through, to allow for new stories to be told. Like when we were talking about this today, it was like, well, let's tap into like the mom energy outside of the, like, I, I need to feel my son right now and I need him to be here. Right. Like if we really tap into, you know, this feeling of disconnect, what do you feel might be going on for him? And you mentioned some things and it's like, okay, so now stepping into that space of like, we're no longer talking about you and your feelings and what you're not receiving from, from your son, you know, what can you offer him in that space as the mom who offers unconditional love as the God energy that offers unconditional love? That is such a good point. And yes, it was, it was interesting to talk about that because what I noticed when I, when you suggested things or when I was thinking of things was how quickly I slipped into kept slipping back into the ego of like, you know, but he doesn't like that or he doesn't want that. Or what if he does? And I know in the past I've gone through this exercise before what to do to satisfy my feeling or my pain or to alleviate it, I guess. But my fear of doing what I want to do and then not getting what I want to get. And that's where the detachment needs to happen, where I will, I need, which is you were so beautifully coached me on this morning. It was for me to continue to do what I feel called to do as his mother, who's tuned into his being. And because I just love him, yeah. but not attaching any expectation or behavior to it. Yeah. Letting go of anything like that, because that's our ego. And then we open the door for great disappointment because the other person, potentially in this case, my son, doesn't even know that this conversation is happening. <laughs> so yeah. he has like no opportunity to live up to expectations even because he doesn't know that they're being put out there. Yeah. And, and it could, there's so many different ways that we can spin it. He could be going through his own things and maybe not wanting to be a burden on people like there's so many stories and that you know and I think I shared this with you too like there's been such a chunk of time missed with my kids and so many things you know th this is the first thing we do as human beings when we come up against um adversity or a challenge in life we're like what happened you know to my inner child with my parent or my teacher or somebody so you so many years ago and so I've really had to take the position that like things are going to come and they're probably going to hit me like a ton of bricks. And they're probably going to tell me things that are absolutely not true to what my intention is as their mother, but how they're perceiving. And I need to be a yeah. witness to that. And I need to receive that. And I need to be in this place of there's nothing that this child needs to do in order to make me feel better while they are trying to work through this thing for themselves. Absolutely. And we can't do that when we're in the, that that negative side of the ego right that we're talking about where it yeah. wants to create a story and it wants to say like something's our fault and we need to say or do something different in order to change the dynamics when really that we talked about this too like we could put out all of the energy right and the dynamics will not change and mm -hmm. so then then who do you become then do you say well screw this. Like I'm, why am I doing this? And this is yeah. all your fault, not my fault. I'm here trying. Like I've done everything I can, yeah. but have, have I, you know, have I even considered where he's at or do I even know? 
And um, yes, like you said, there's a whole other story. There's many other stories attached to this. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I think our children is actually, um, I mean, I believe one reason we probably were given our children was to learn the lesson of unconditional love, what it truly is. You know, there's no question that when we look at our four-year-old and we love on them and we just do everything for them, it is without resentment, it's without expectation because no one expects a four-year-old to reciprocate or be considerate. They are just there to take what we give them. Right. And that's such an exercise in unconditional love. But as the child gets older, um, we expect more in return. And it's not that it's bad to think that you would get something back eventually with time. And in most cases you will, but I guess, yeah, like you said, it, my story might not be the child's story. They might have a completely different story. And then of course we go into other relationships like partnerships with, um, it could be friendships, it could be working partnerships, but in this case, let's just talk about romantic partners. Yeah. And I mean, my God, you want to talk about a loaded, high <laughs> expectation, transactional relationship. And it's, I don't mean to sound callous or bitter or any of those things, but that's the bottom line. We would like to say we love unconditionally, but I I don't believe we actually do because there's all kinds of conditions attached. And that's actually okay. Like as long as everybody's in there with the same you know, the same expectation, I give you this, you give me this, we do this together, we don't do this together. There's this, as long as there's healthy communication, and there's a sorting out of the transactions and how they're supposed to work, it's actually, it's, it works very well, we're together, so we can have children, you know, this is how we're going to care for them. This is your role, this is my role, like all of those things are okay. Yeah, the problems begin when we have expectations that are not met. Mm -hmm. And, and then we immediately jump to either what's wrong with me since I'm not getting what I need or what's wrong with you because you're not giving it to me. And that's, I think where this is where I was getting stuck this morning. And this is where we all get stuck. Yeah. We and need I, to blame. It has to be someone's fault. Yeah. And I, I think I love this era that we're living in right now because I really mm -hmm. feel like we're in the age of dismantling the norms yeah. the systems that told us the mothers that we needed to be that told our children the sons and daughters that they needed to be in these roles of male and female right yeah. and things are shifting right now and so it's really difficult when you're in the thick of it you know I know especially when you're in the trenches with like I know mothers who have had children that are extremely addicted to drugs Oh, yeah. And the, the amount of detachment that you have to practice in order for you to survive as a mother through that process and to prepare yourself for whatever is to come, you know, God, like, and, and so the same thing with our, our partners and our relationships. And so I feel like when these things are falling apart, as we so perceive, when the darkness shows up that we've not been trained, conditioned, comfortable in transmuting this is a beautiful learning opportunity. It's just the, you know, like you said, do we want to torture ourselves with what we have going on? Or do you want to come out on the other side and see that there was actually no role that your child needed to fulfill in order for you to love them? There's no, there's nothing 
that you need to specifically do to be a better mother or a better wife. I think, you know, to, to speak to this too, I think one of the, the things that we came into this conversation with was like, how do we move through this? And what we came out with was there's nothing that we need to master in this, yeah. right? We just need to continue having these conversations that are more to the, to the side of love and more awareness and more consciousness because so much of it is stories created in our head based on the systems that we currently have in place. Yeah. I I love that you said that. And it's so true. You know, we're all, we've all been raised to fit into some kind of a mold of some kind as a, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, sister, whatever. And I think when stuff like this comes up, which is why I wanted to explore this with you today is, is to ask ourselves, like, what is the story I'm telling myself? Like, so, you know, as much as, you know, what is the lesson here that I'm supposed to be learning or that I haven't learned yet or that I haven't grasped. But I think one way to get to that is to understand the story, you know, the story I'm telling myself in this particular circumstance, for example, and the story that I'm telling myself is causing me pain. Well, what if that isn't the actual story? And what if I detach? Because the stories of, again, about ego and expectations, what if the story can just be love? What if the story can just be, you know, I love him. I might not love everything about how our relationship is, but I love him and that's just the way it is. And and I'm just going to keep loving him as things are and accept as as things are because that is unconditional love. Yeah. And not in if I can release expectations and I can release the stories of what I think should be happening or what I even want to have happen, because now I'm talking in circles probably, but the things that I want to have happen, why do I want them to happen? Because they will prove to me that I'm a good mom and that I'm worthy of this and that and the other thing in his eyes and that he thinks that he, you know, Everything that I'm wishing that I had more of with him, I mean, one of them is time. And I think every mother wants time with their kids. But sure. the fact that I hurt when I don't get it, I think is because I've attached a meaning to the time given. And I've attached a very negative meaning to the time I'm not getting. Yeah. And so my story is there's something wrong. And, that's, and so therefore, it's painful. And I need to get out of my head and out of my reasoning and just just love allow it to be (laughs) so easy right (laughs) yeah you know I'm even thinking about like if we if we go into the dynamics of a relationship what I'm hearing you say there too is like there's a certain thing that I would like nine times out of ten we don't even know what it is that we're asking for right we're just like Mm -hmm. I just feel if I got a little bit more of this thing or that thing or this said in that way that I would feel better and in truth with the wound that is already there, wherever that's coming up from, if that's not explored, it's like, is that really ever going to be enough? Like, I know you've asked your clients this, and I've certainly had to ask myself this in challenges that I go through in my own personal relationship. Like, is there really anything you can say right now to make this better? Yeah. No, I don't know. And I really need to sit with myself right now and, and ask myself, like, Am I looking for you to fix the scenario or is this a moment that I need to create a hard boundary for myself? Yes, I like that you said that is because I do think we look, especially when it comes to partners, we look to them. I am feeling hurt or I'm feeling wounded. or I'm feeling neglected or I'm feeling this. Fix it. Yeah, yeah, not their job. 
<laughs> no, it isn't. Now, I mean, having said that, of course, there are situations that are exceptions here, like, you know, abusive and addictive behaviors and things like that. But um, I think we all understand that that's a different scenario altogether. But in the, the thing is what, you know, we all walk into relationships with baggage, every single one of us, we've all had a childhood, we've all had experiences, parenting. and it doesn't have to be all bad, pardon me, or parenting, we're walking into parenting with baggage, same know. thing. Yeah, um, it doesn't every relationship we walk into, we bring baggage with us. Um, yeah. You know, we bring with us beliefs about ourselves, beliefs yeah. about what is supposed to happen here, what we want to have happen, what we're afraid might happen. Like we bring all of that with us. And then something goes wrong and we jump into our story and our feelings. We jump into that. Suddenly we feel wounded. That is the old wound. Like you just said, it's not, it's not a new thing. This is something old that's showing back up. And I know that that's what's happening here with my son. This is something old that's showing back up because I have not figured out where this is coming from yet. There's something that hasn't, that I have not healed that is way beyond what I'm making it about. Mm. And I think if we could, as you know, as you, for example, are coming out of a marriage and feeling heartbroken and abandoned and rejected and just upset and hurt and angry and all of those things is to, I guess, just step back and try to detach completely from your ex, your soon to be ex, your partner and what they're doing. Yeah. Because like you said, is there really anything they can do or say that is going to make it all okay, just like that. Yeah. It's the work that you do on yourself to heal the original wound. And I've said this many times. It's the work that you do to heal the original wound that will change everything. Yeah. And will ultimately allow you to walk away from a relationship that isn't good for you anymore. Because that isn't love. Or maybe the most loving thing you ever did for yourself and the other person is to walk away. Because it isn't healthy anymore. Yeah, I believe that a million percent. You know, I, I once went through a therapy session and she had me go back into my childhood and remember I had completely forgotten or I don't know, thrown in the vault. I don't know. But in through this meditation process, gone back to the very first moment that I felt inadequate, you know, and it was such a gut-wrenching activity but I was like okay so this event that's showing up with me right now is bringing back those feelings and that memory so wow this is not about the person right because nine times out of ten like even with our children again therapy taught me this too like do you really believe that they're intentionally like not doing well in school and throwing stuff around the house, not cleaning up to say, like, I would like my mother to suffer for the entirety of her life. Yeah. And everything that I do today is going to be to directly, you know, mess with her head. And yeah, I my goal is to irritate her beyond measure. That's, that's yeah. the objective today. <laughs> Let's no. see how long it takes to make her blow. <laughs> no. And, and I really believe this with partners too, despite how ugly things get, like whether you're abusive, whether you're an alcoholic, whether you're emotionally abusive, nobody stays with you to intentionally like ruin your life, right? A lot of it is we've got deep emotional issues and we're looking for self-gratification in the moment. And so for a teenager or a child, it's like, I'm just not feeling good. So I'm just going to be lazy right now. And because I just don't have the energy to put into this, you know, and for, for a cheating spouse or a lying spouse, it's like, 
I'm, I just need this moment for myself to feel good for myself. And I'm not thinking about the consequences right now. In fact, I'm blocking them, you know? And so it's to draw that perspective that like, okay, now that you know that there's other people that have all this stuff going on, you know that your son's maybe distancing himself. You know that your partner is cheating and lying. What about you? Like, mm -hmm. what do you need for yourself right now? Not how can you fix or change or shift that person, but what is it that you need right now that you're not receiving? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like if it's a clean space, clean up your space. You know, if it is peace of mind, you need to leave that relationship as difficult as that is and give yourself the grace to cultivate that experience within ourselves. Cause it's absolutely possible. this. This is the thing about healing work. Like in the thick of it, we think like, how can I do this by myself? And then like you said, you realize that this is probably the best thing that you could have received. Yeah, it's it's it, loving yourself enough to to walk away from something that just isn't good anymore, that isn't whole anymore, that is has been taken over by other other stories, other wounds, other experiences, you know to use something like cheating as an example, because it's such a common reason yeah. why a relationship actually breaks apart. So when people ask me why my marriage ended, it was 20 years. I don't say because he cheated. Mm. A marriage that wasn't great ended because of an affair. The affair was the trigger, but yeah. there was nothing. I mean, he, I this was the second one that I knew of, and I forgave his first one because I really felt we had a marriage to save at that point, and so did he, and so we both did the work. But the second time, the biggest difference was there was nothing that I wanted to save anymore. There was nothing worth fighting for anymore. And and clearly not for him either, because even though he claimed that he wanted to stay, he didn't want to, you know, leave. Um, he wasn't willing to do any of the work this time. So it was it was the trigger that ended it. Yeah. But we didn't exactly walk into that affair with being deliriously happy, obviously. So it's it's, it's again, it's the stories that we tell. And I think you know, we tell stories of affairs um, and even abuse and not that they didn't happen and they're very hurtful. The betrayal and the, the pain is real. Yeah. But ultimately our healing lies in stepping away from that and saying that isn't my shit. That's theirs. They chose to cheat. They chose to be abusive. They chose to treat me in a terrible way. I am choosing to have nothing to do with it anymore. I'm choosing to not be in that space. And it's hard because we had dreams and hopes and plans with this person. And, you know, to jump back to the childhood one, we had dreams and hopes and plans for this wonderful adult friendship we were going to have as well, but we don't get to choose the other person's story. We only get to choose our own. So all we can ever do is show up as the person who, who believes in that love and who puts that forward and creates an environment where it's possible and loves whatever they get for it because I put my best foot forward whether it's in my relationship whether it's in my friendships whether it's in my 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 relationship with my children as long as I'm putting forward my most loving foot yeah <laughs> and choosing to accept them and and love them for where they're at and for what they're capable of in that moment and who they can be in that moment I think I'd I'd Oh, I think I'd not have mornings like I did today. Let's put it that way. 
Listen, it's so, it's so layered, right? Like mm. the ideas of what we have about relationships, you know, I, I blame Disney movies too. Like <laughs> you said that this morning, why do you blame Disney movies? Tell me. Delusions and even like sitcoms. I remember watching like the most amazing sitcoms. And so not only about my personal relationships, you know, the fantasy of the the prince on a horse and all these things. Um, but even my family dynamics that never played out the way I wanted it to based on the things I saw on TV, you know, like this is actually real life. We are coming into things blindly. We have broken communication. I, I've had questions asked to me in therapy that I was like, oh my goodness, I would have married a person and never had this conversation my whole life about yeah. like, what is monogamy for your relationship? What are you actually okay with, right? And so yeah. when the relationship now breaks off, we're in massive devastation, but it's like, you're only devastated because you actually weren't happy. If you were completely happy with yourself, you'd be like, oh, this is definitely not anything to do with me. I am completely satisfied. And so I will look the other way, but that's not what happens. We're devastated when the, the interaction happens and it didn't play out the way we had hoped in the way that we had dreamed. Yes. And, and so we end up in turmoil for this reason. And the, the conversation that you just said, like, you know, if I, if you're completely happy with yourself, yes, you can completely comfortably stay or you might completely comfortably go. Whichever yeah. one is right. Um, yes. Both are right. It's whichever one is right. Yes. But it's coming from a place of that you don't have to hate the other person. You don't have to despise them. There doesn't have to be this incredible implosion of screaming and the accusations. It's just simply, I love you. I love myself. And yeah. I'm done here. This, yeah. this finishes it off for me. I can't do this. Yeah. That's um, the unconditional love piece, right? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and the one that I feel like we should have heard more of when it's oh like, oh my God. You, you know, I remember watching Full House, okay, and uh, hearing DJ ask her dad, like, dad, how do I know when I'm in love? And he would say, like, when you know, you know, and it's like, no, oh, that's so not helpful. That's so not helpful, because we yeah. fall in love, and we fall in lust and whatever, right? Like, it's yes. not. But with unconditional love, when you know, you know, because now a whole heap of shit could be happening. You could be absolutely losing your brain. You could be lying. You can be cheating. And I am good because I know who I am and I know where I stand. This is unconditional love. And it's, I I can remember now why we got into this relationship. We got into this relationship because I loved you, not for mm. what you could do for me and what you could offer me, but because I love you. And so I can release you with yes. the same love. Yes. And I think if the relationship is supposed to be about a transaction of what people can give each other, then that conversation needs to be had up front. And maybe you literally have a contract that is reviewed every few years and you know okay are we still living up to our expectations here or do we or do we walk away now because we're done here and I, again there's nothing wrong with that honestly to me it's an incredibly honest way to look at a modern relationship because people have tremendous expectations but i know that as we were talking about all this this morning we also drifted into like the whole material side of our expectations and what we've been raised to believe and and all the trappings of what we're supposed to do and how um, we're supposed to pick spouses and partners and what the relationship is supposed to look like and the path we're supposed to take together. And, you know, we might grow up as rebellious teenagers. We think we're rebellious, but we're not. We're just traveling in the same path as everyone else, just wearing different clothes than the previous generation and listening to different music and wearing different makeup, but we're all doing the same thing. Yeah. It's like, 
the rebellion would be to say, honestly, would be to say, I can't be married to you anymore because of what you did, but I love you. And I, and I want to do this peacefully. That would be a rebellion. Yeah. And actually do it peacefully. And actually do it. Peacefully. For example. Yeah. And I think we're, we're on the path, you know, I think for people tuning into this podcast, it's like, if you are inquiring about how to improve these states of mind that we have found ourselves entangled in with our children, with our partner, with everything. We do it with everything, right? How many times have you heard of people staying in a relationship because they're so fearful of detaching from their home, from their finances, from like, these are not things that you will be thinking about in your last moments here on earth. You are going, you want to be thinking about like what a wonderful life I lived and how much joy I had and what beautiful people I spent it with when we're caught in the thick of these attachments that we have grown to, I think our children is the best example because we were brought up in an era too, where, well, I know for me having immigrant parents is, was a lot about control. And if you didn't have that control over me and I started acting out, then everybody spoke down to your parenting and you weren't doing things right. And really I was just a kid trying to assert my personality and figure out my space in the world. And you didn't help me nurture that because you were more concerned with your attachment to the control element instead of learning how to love. Yeah. More more attached to what people might think of them as parents than they were to nurturing your, your exploration and making you feel safe in doing so around them. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I was, I'm, I was, I know, I think you were a very young mother as well. And I was, you know, when I think about it now, I was a child. I mean, I was 23, 20, I just turned 24 when I had my first and I had them fairly quickly after that. And I just like, I was, I look at my kids when they were 24, they weren't ready to have kids and they knew it. But back in the day, you know, that was, I don't know, that's what I did. And, you know, I, I'd like to think if I knew everything I knew now, then I would have done things differently, but I didn't. And nobody does. We all go into it blind. There should be all kinds of courses before we have children, but we all go into it blind. Um, And we all do the best we can. And I think then we spend the rest of our lives beating ourselves up for that. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's really the damaging part. And it's like, just get comfortable coming out and speaking about it, but also with the desire to move through it. I think, you know, again, I always come back to the systems because we are, we are so in systems of fear of lack, right. And this conditioning of, you know, we need to work harder to have more and that spills out into our relationships where we expect more and we want more and we start to feel like we need more or there's not enough it's all rooted in fear and it's a daily practice I think throughout the course of life to remove this fear by way of these conversations that is is the only way out I feel you know yeah I think you know I think I always like to give people some things that they can do at the end of these um, episodes and I think what you just talked about fear I think what we need to ask ourselves is if I was to just let go if I was to just let go of the pain of this relationship, let go of my expectations, let go of living in my ego here, because that's what's holding me in this pain, holding me in the past, reminiscing on the past, ruminating in it, you know, so I don't forget the injustice that was done to me. So everybody, nobody else can forget either. But instead asking yourself, what am I really afraid of? Like, what is my real fear? Um, And these are 
things that are really good to do, for example, in a journal or to ask yourself during a meditation or even when you're out for a walk, you know, so just kind of, why am I hurting so badly? Mm. What, what, what is this pain really? It's easy to say, and it's a cop out to those of you listening. It's a cop out to just say it's because of what this other person did or didn't do or said Mm -hmm. or didn't say. No, that's not where the pain is coming from. It's what's triggering the pain. Yes. The pain was there before. It's just this reminded you of it. What is the pain that's being awoken? What is the old pain that's coming back? It's a lack of worthiness. It's a fear of abandonment from childhood, maybe. It's a... A fear of being left alone forever. And I know that's a really common one. When people say they fear of money, that's not fear of no fear of money, um, fear of finances. That's not, that's more about a fear of like, am I gonna have food on the table? And that's the thing. If we if we ask ourselves, what am I really afraid of? Why am I really hurting? I'm afraid of being alone. Well, define alone. What does that what does that even mean to be? alone does that mean nobody in your life nobody who loves you nobody who cares about you it's just we have decided because society decided that your value as a woman for example is so much increased if you're with a man that if you're with a man for example then you must be a good woman and you are someone who will not be alone and you're worthy and you're normal and you're lovable and beautiful and all those things but if you don't have a man there must be something wrong with me. There must be, yes. you know, I might now be alone forever. But then, you know, when I sit down and I talk to my clients, it's like, well, let's talk, let's just run a list of the people that exist in your life, like your children, your family, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, parents, mm-hmm. um, friends, people at work, people who love you, people who would notice if you didn't show up the next day, if you just didn't. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, none of us are alone. And in fact, the one person that we attach our entire well-being on, like we just, yeah. everything hinges on what this one person does yeah. is usually the one person who is not going to fulfill that. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like a whole party of people who are waiting to make you feel yes. loved and good and worthy and appreciated and all of those things, but yes. we don't place any value on that. Yeah. And I, I think, Again, this comes back to the ego. We've been so trained on the negative side of the ego. And really the ego is a beautiful thing. It is there to keep you protected and it is there to guide you in the right direction. So when I seek out spirituality or I I seek out yoga to help me through or a fitness routine or a community, that's also my ego. I want to have an identification within myself associated with those great things. This is a beautiful thing. Again, it's the pathways, the neurons that we're firing in our brains that are creating the messages. It can go two different ways. It's going to go positive or it's going to go negative. So I think the best thing to do is to practice this piece of detachment that we've been talking about. Do your best to remove yourself from the situation. We can get really caught up in the story when we take ourselves out and we look at our story as a whole, and then we can realize there's nothing I'm going to do to change my kid. He's going through something. I need to allow this and just be here and let it play out. And if it does or it doesn't, I'm okay. I'm going to go play cards with my girlfriends. I'm going to go do yoga. And the same thing with the partner. If I look at this from the outside looking in, I was never freaking happy. All the things that I want on my list, he's not even bringing to the table. 
what I'm upset about right now is the possibility of him having this, again, it's a manifested story, this, this delusional visual of all the things that I wanted possibly with another person. And it never happens that way. He doesn't magically transform in the person you always wanted him to be with the other person. It, and that's none of our business either. So yeah. it comes down to the detachment, a daily practice in everything that we do, even so much as like going to the gym, you know, you need to go to the gym, you know, you need to take care of yourself and eat better. Your feelings don't want you to, can you detach from that and see that if you just get things done, this is what brings you closer to the person that you actually want to be the happy, you know, if that's your thing, right? Well, like we do it in everything. It's, it comes down to loving yourself, right? It comes down to choosing for yourself and not waiting for everybody else to do it because honestly, nobody else is going to do it. You know, we do teach our kids. We do say to our kids, you know, be good to yourself and do, do what you want to do and fight mm -hmm. for yourself, stand up for yourself. We teach our kids to be there for ourselves. Um, to a large degree, but we're yeah. not there for ourselves. And then suddenly we turn on and we expect our partner or our child or our mother or whoever to be there for us all the time. But like you said, but it's, what if you just show up for yourself? What if you, because there's no one who knows better what you need, what you want, and you can provide that for yourself. Yeah. Like you say, you know, if you don't feel good in your body, go to the gym. You can control that. If you yeah. don't feel connected to your voice or your um, your passion or your purpose, meditate, journal, find that place. Nobody else is going to find that place for you. Nobody else is going to be able to connect to that part of you. Um, you can share it with others. You can um, do what I did this morning and phone people who can guide you and give you the questions. And Community, it's the best thing. Exactly. Like work through the, the question and even... I think what I needed from you more than anything today was to find the question. Like, was yeah. to hear, and sometimes it's just hearing yourself talk and you start to hear the question. It's like, I am making this about me. I'm making this about my journey and my ego, right? When you called me and you're like, I'm really going through something and I need to talk to, and I was like, okay, I, you're very self-aware, right? You, we, we, we work with all of this kind of energy. So yeah. I'm like, she's going to talk and she's going to come to her own answer. And it's really <laughs> like, it's it real. That's really all it is. Sometimes we yeah. just need to hear ourselves out loud, but I, you know, just to speak to your point too, I think on the flip side, if I think back when I was very codependent in my relationships and I was very attached, even though I wasn't what I, what I wanted to be for myself as a mother at that time, I was very attached to, I'm not the mother that I need to be. Right. And so that was a big piece of turmoil too. But so in trying to, I forgot where I was going with that. Where was I going with that? I don't know where you were going with that. I said to speak to your point. What My point it? of hearing yourself talk and realizing what you need. Yes. So there's the mother that will oftentimes, or the partner that will oftentimes be so you, you've dedicated your whole life to this partner. You've dedicated your whole life to your children. You have no idea who you are now when the marriage ends or when the kids grow up or Absolutely. when these issues come up. Right. And so we talk about this self-love, but you're like, I don't even know what that means. No, like, true. I thought, I thought I was supposed to find my self-love in everything that I gave to everybody and it never came. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and so true. I think it's to explore to what you're saying, right? 
If you have an idea that maybe the gym will make me happy, try it. If maybe pottery will make you happy, try it. Like we need to also stop. Oh my God, my teacher said this to me. You get attached to the detachment. Yes. Okay? So and explain that. I know what you mean, but please explain yeah. what that means. We we get so um engulfed again with our feelings and our emotions, we get so attached to our stories, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. even if okay, I want to be free of this person and this situation, but now I'm going to obsess about trying to get over this situation. Yeah. I'm going to tell everybody my story. I yes. can tell everybody what happened. And I'm how hard to- I'm trying to go the other way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to keep talking about it and I'm going to keep ruminating on it and I'm going to keep jumping back. And so I, I always say to my clients, I said, it's, think of yourself as a toddler in a puddle of a puddle of like mud. You're lying and splashing in it because there's a part of you that even though you're getting dirty and wet and cold, you kind of enjoy kicking around in it because you just do. And so it's like, are you ready to get up from the mud puddle and walk away from it and let it just dry up and disappear? Or are we just going to jump back into it once a day, twice a day, eight times a day, every time you talk to someone on the phone, it's like, hang on, I'm just going to throw myself into mud puddle here. And I can tell you about my miserable life one more time. So I get to relive the pain one more time. Yeah. And here's the thing, it can fly (laughs) for your circle that is actually in the same turmoil that is what you're in. Right. And the family that wants to bash your ex-partner with you, you know, because he's such an awful person or she's such an awful person. But if you're trying to get to different spaces yeah. with women who have come through this, you know, or people that have come through this, or you want to participate in activities that are free of this, we see you like yes. you can't hide. We see what you are continuously battling. And so that the question has to come back to you. Like, are you ready to give it an honest shot? We don't need to hear about, you know, you don't know what self-love is or you have no idea how to cultivate it. It's just like, just get your feet wet in a different pool. Yeah. Just step into a different puddle and put your galoshes on first. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. You know, it's perfect, right? That's like, you're not going to get it overnight. It's been a good eight years of screw ups for me. You know, yeah, no, I've been I've been doing this work for a long time and I've been working on myself. Honestly, that work started when I got divorced. Um, so that's been 15 years. But and I can honestly say that every time I learn something new and every time I take one more step, I'm going to say up. I call it up because mm-hmm. stepping up into my higher self, a little bit closer to being someone who gets it and who understands. And, you know, I'm I'm proud of myself when I do that. And I know even even, you know, my my pain this morning when I was talking to you, it's familiar pain. I've been there before, which is why I even said to you, I'm not going to get into all the details because they don't actually matter. I know this is my story. Like I, it's me living through my ego and, and the, my awareness of that helps me. I feel fine now. You know, it's like, it helps me move forward. Every time you learn something, when that pain shows back up again, because it will, um, it yes. feels a little bit easier and you'll get to the answer a little bit faster. You'll learn whatever you need to learn a little quicker. Yes. And it just gets better every time. And it's part of life. I, you know, I don't, I don't believe we were meant to go through life never experiencing pain because if we never experience heartache and pain, how will you even know what love and gratitude and bliss feels like? Like, how do you know what's good if you don't know what bad feels like? 
So I think we have to, you know, we have to embrace the entire human experience and look at the bad things and the times that we spend in the puddle as our lessons and ask ourselves, what can I learn and how can I learn it? Um, so before we go today, mm. um, Jen, I want to, um, you know, I, 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 as I'm sure all of you who listen here know, I believe in getting help. I don't believe in doing all this alone, which is why I phoned someone who a spiritual friend this morning, because I needed help. It's not, we're not supposed to do all of this on our own. It's just reach out for the tools that you have. So of course the separation club, for those of you who are going through all that, um, there's lots of resources of which one is coaching and I can help you through all this, but I know that Jen also offers, um, some workshops, which can also help. So I go ahead, Jen, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'll share, uh, an in-person event that I have happening in Toronto, just because uh, this is limited spots. So if you're interested in this, you'll definitely want to jump on it and you can find me at revealing.her on Instagram. And so you can just click on the link on my bio and you'll see all this stuff there. So not to fret about like where to find things, but so the first one is the in-person event. It's happening on May 20th. It's at Parliament in Wellesley here in Toronto. We're doing it from 10 a.m. to 12. And we're going to be doing uh, a meditation and an asana practice. So this is movement with yoga. And then I'm also going to be uh, introducing sound healing because that's a new thing for me. Um, and then the other thing that I have going on at the moment is a chakra workbook download. And I think this really speaks to what we were talking about today, because we can be really lost in the sauce of all the feelings. And with the chakras, as you know, Elizabeth, like it, it gets really specific, you know, if your root chakra is really being challenged, there are certain things that you're going to feel in your body and certain patterns that you're going to be seeing come up in your relationships in your day to day life. So this workbook just kind of gives you a little bit of a check in. And then there's also like a little crystal guide too. if you're not familiar with crystals, mm -hmm. you can awesome. put them in your pocket, right as you're trying to heal these chakras. Got them um, right here. Yeah. So it's just um, it, it, working with the chakras for me really helped me understand because I think, you know, through so many years, it was like so much feelings that I always had so many things that I would feel in my body, so much energy that would get stuck and limit my confidence, my communication, self-esteem and understanding the chakras and the science behind them. It's not woo-woo stuff. Um, I know like, well, we, we did a lot of that work at the retreat back in Costa Rica back in March and yeah. uh, Oh, I mean, the, the aha moments and the light bulb moments and the, you know, the understanding that the retreat participants gained from that was incredible. Like it's such, it's such an excellent way to get to know yourself and to find answers within you. Yes. And to also understand that, like, you're not out of your mind with yes. all the things that you've been feeling. Yes. It's legitimate that you feel stuck in certain areas of your life. And it's because you haven't moved through certain things. Yeah. So that's a free workbook that's available for your download uh, on my Instagram. I'll put all of that in the show notes for those of you who are listening. All of this information about Jen will be in the show notes. Sweet. This was well, lovely. It was really fun. I know that I'm going to have you back and that we're going to talk again. Um, I'll just have to wait for my next little breakdown. I'll call you and then we'll talk about that. <laughs> No, I, I'll try to come up with something um, outside of that. But thank you so much for this morning, Jen, and also for being willing to jump on here with me today and do this impromptu um, podcast episode. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I want to say thank you for, for having the courage because it does, it takes a lot to make these calls out and lean into people and 
I love it so much because it also helped me to see where I can improve and see different things from a different lens with a relationship with my own kids. So the universe doesn't make like, these are not accidents, you know, it's very intentional. We learn from each other. So I appreciate that so much. And thank you. And we will talk again very soon. Yeah. See you guys. Thanks. Before I go, I also want to mention a retreat that I have coming up here in my home, um, June 16th to 18th is a three day, two night retreat. Um, you know, it's a, it's a really special experience with, uh, moon rituals and we make oils and there's yoga and meditation, breath work, but there's also workshops where we'll be working on all of this stuff that Jen and I talked about today. Um, we work on the chakras, we work on really learning and understanding you know, why we respond a certain way, what is holding us back, what it is that we really, really want out of our lives. Like what is that underlying thing that would make us feel happy? Because after all, happiness is kind of what we're all looking for, right? Um, So what is it that we can give ourselves that would give us that feeling? So that's the work that we do at the retreat. And of course, there's, I don't know if I mentioned already, there's a private chef. Um, I live on a lake. We have you know, we'll have a new moon in Gemini we'll be celebrating at the time. So I really would love to see you there. There's still spots available. I have one single room and I have some shared accommodations available. All those links will of course be in the show notes below. So I just want you to know that you're invited to my next Rising Moon Sisters retreat happening here at my lake house, June 16th to 18th, where we're going to be doing this work together. And let me tell you something really special happens when women gather and and support each other through this work just like the conversation that i had with jen this morning when i needed some support and i needed really just someone to hear me um we are here to hear you and we do and i invite you to come and do this live this live work with me and the other sisters um it is an experience that will truly change your life so all of that information is below, but don't delay because the rooms go fast. Um, so I am the single room, there's one single room available, which is only because somebody had to cancel. So jump on and I'll see you in June. And until then, have a truly beautiful day.